Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pregame presented by Phil Long Ford of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac. For years and years and years, the Broncos have now missed the playoffs. Seven straight years. In fact, they've had a losing season for six of the last six years. What is stunning to realize is that, yes, the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in forever, but they haven't beaten the Raiders forever as well. And we have a sea change happening here in Colorado. And that feels like it's coming now from Boulder more than any place. But when we peer over at Empower Field with their $100 million worth of improvements and a a jumbotron you can see from outer space, it's more comfortable for those that want distilled liquors and a good time in their fun seats. But everybody can see the jumbotron. What will they be looking at as we get going with the 2023 season? For the upteenth year in a row and we can't even figure it out amongst the two of us which is probably not a great sign for our memory banks and i just got to keep it real i started doing this in 2008 but it was not with you mike no no uh it was with a cadre of other interesting people however nothing's been the same since you joined it's been fruitful and beneficial for all of us we just can't figure out how many years but it's been at least 10 it yeah, has been at least, at least 10. Because I think I was doing post-game shows when you were doing the pre-game shows. So, very well could be the case. And then I think we kind of met up at least 10 years ago. At least 10 years ago. And uh, great to be back here. Mile High Station. We're uh, live from Mile High Station. Thanks to our friends at uh, Coors Light. And what a great day for football. It's it's cool. Yes. I see people with uh, long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts. It's it's got a, a feel of fall in the air right now. And what a, a great day to play football, to watch the game. Hey, you know how it could be. This part of September could be ninety three degrees and blazing hot, and everybody's wilting over there. So uh, it's a good day for football. Glad we, to be here. We will actually have a report from Chris Bianchi from Nine News to tell us what the weather is going to be. Uh, for your planning purposes, if you're coming down, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I think the game could avoid anything serious in terms of rain. But if you just, I mean, it takes common sense just to look to the skies and to see that, well, well, who knows? But again, it's not it's not cold, though, either, Mike. So I think I think you put it well. I think under the cover of clouds. Uh, it, it doesn't actually get much better than this for a Broncos game. I, I think it's, you might get a, a couple of raindrops on your head, but I, I doubt it's something serious. Nope, conditions are great, and, you know, we've been coming here to Mile High Station for a long time, and one thing you always get with opening day, people are excited. The crowd's here a little bit earlier than, than usual. You yes. can tell they're fired up. The parking lots fill up a little bit earlier, so people are eager. They're ready to go. Uh, the Raiders are in town. I completely agree with what you were saying there in your in your open. Uh, I am much more annoyed by the six-game losing streak to the Raiders than I am the 15-game losing streak to the Chiefs. It gets lost a little bit that the Broncos have had a, a, a terrible record against the Raiders, too, because it feels like we're so obsessed with the Chiefs. But let's not forget, at one point... The Raiders were a rival, Mike. I, I used to think there were rivalries in the NFL. I was told by Sean Payton this week that it 
It actually only exists in college sports, not pro sports, but I hate the Raiders more than any team that the Broncos play. Is always it so have, hard? always will. D-Mac, is it so hard just to come out and throw your fan base a little bone and just come out and say, hey, look, uh, you know, Sean Payton or Nathaniel Hackett a year ago, just say something like, you know, I haven't been here that long, but all it took was a few weeks for me to be here to realize the Raider rivalry, the Chief rivalry, means a lot to these fans. So, hey, we got to go out and take care of business. That's all you got to say. I may Lean not do it a little bit. I may not be a smart man, Jenny, but I know what rivalries are. <laughs> right. And I know that when it comes to the Broncos and the Raiders, hey, man, at least for me, at least for, and I, I'm not sure exactly where you sit with it, but I've always thought of the Raiders as the biggest rival for the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there's just the thing about the Raiders that just annoys me is, is how they, boy, you want to talk about a, an organization and a fan base that clings to the past. My God, do they cling to the past. And, you know, they, they act like it's 1976 and Ken Stabler's still back there. I mean, come on. Get with the program. You guys are irrelevant on the NFL landscape. Now, I know I'm lobbing boulders from glass houses right now, but but you are, okay? You are, which is why it's even more annoying that they've lost six straight times to these guys. Well, they've gone through a ton of changes there with the Raiders. Most specifically, while they keep Hurricane Josh McDaniels, they've got a new quarterback in uh, the beautiful eyes of Jimmy Garoppolo to, to look at things through today. And I think this is a big advantage for the Broncos because, yeah, Jimmy G has a history with Josh McDaniels, but that was five, six years ago. Garoppolo's been in San Francisco all that time. It's a different offense. And keep in mind, he was hurt during the offseason. He did not get a chance to go through any OTAs, no mini camps, nothing like that. He didn't start getting acclimated Reacclimated with Josh and acclimated with his new teammates until training camp started. Right. So, from that standpoint, he is behind the curve, and it's up to the Broncos to take advantage of it. We're getting you set for today's game thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. So we start with the Raiders, but really we start all over again when it comes to the Broncos because of Sean Payton. Mike, it's been a year with Sean Payton. What have we learned? He's exactly what I hoped and expected he would be. Uh, he's the adult in the room. He's a jerk. He's in charge. <laughs> I right, want time out there. What does that mean? And that is, a, and I mean that as the highest compliment possible. Right. This, this article that came out with Seth Wickersham about the idea that uh, you know he may be an a hole and he doesn't mind if he's an a hole. It, it's true, and you know from the moment that he got the job. Immediately, I started noticing the comparisons to Bill Parcells, who I got to cover for a couple years years ago in New England. And sure enough, as this whole off-season's played out, we've learned time and again about the heavy Parcells influence. And I, I, I see it. I, I see the Parcells. I see the Belichick. It's just come in, strip things down to the studs, new man in charge, instill some fear, instill some accountability, and make yourself the show. And... He's done that. I think it's exactly what this team needs at this point after six, seven years of, of, of being shockingly bad. So uh, he's brought what, from an attitude standpoint, he's brought what I hoped he would brought. 
would break. Now it comes down to, all right, is he indeed still one of the top five, top three offensive minds in football? And can he truly get the best out of Russell Wilson to salvage Russell's career? We're set to find out. I think that is the most fair comparison. For example, does Deion Sanders bring attention on to himself? Yeah. Damn right he does. No doubt about it. But was there a bigger purpose to it so that he could bond the team together? Yeah. We are seeing it, and it is awesome. So while you may say Dion's all about Dion, I would sort of shrug at that and say, kind of. But at the end of the day, what he's doing does feel calculated. Not only is it him, because it is, but there's a bigger purpose to it to bond his team together. I, 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 all right, I'm sorry, go ahead. My, my, my question is, I'll, I'll get to it quickly. I see similar traits with Sean Payton. Do you think that's bonding the team together in the same direction like Prime has done for CU? I'll tell you that coming up next. <laughs> we'll take it. You're not the only one that knows how to do this. <laughs> this is a fan football pregame show live from Mile High Station. Thanks to Coors Light. We are thrilled to be back here for Broncos football in 2023. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. Live from Mile High Station, it's the fan football pregame presented by Phil Long Ford of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac. Some early game scores for you. The Ravens lead the Texans 7-3. Browns over the Bengals 3-0. Buccaneers trailing the Vikings 10-3. All tied up with the Titans and the Saints at 6. All tied up with the Falcons and the Panthers. Rookie quarterback tied at 7. Jaguars have a 14-7 lead over the Colts. The Steelers thumping the Steel. Uh, the 49ers thumping Boy. the Steelers early 20-0. And Commander 7 the dismal Cardinal six, how they scored it all, is somewhat of a miracle. <laughs> so you ask the question, as we're uh, live from Mile High Station, thanks to a Coors Light, you ask the question. Yes. Deion Sanders, Sean Payton, similarities, contrasts, about the way that they've kind of made themselves the show. Uh, here's where it's different, in my opinion. Deion is, he's all about playing the, the, the chip on their shoulder, the we don't get no respect. Yes. Shades of Michael Malone. Michael Malone played it brilliantly. Yeah. But the other thing I, I love about Deion Sanders, he's the modern coach for today's modern athlete. And he gets it. He gets the NIL. He gets the the idea of uh, the, the bling, the, 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 the swag, the, um, you know, putting your social media handles on the back of your jerseys. Yeah. Uh, being on TV. I mean, I, I thought it was so... Like, I did a, a double take that he's on the big noon kickoff set at 8, like, 8.15 yesterday morning, an hour and 45 minutes away from kickoff. He's not back in his office grinding over the game plan and going over the script. He's out there doing TV. Sales. Promoting. Yes. Sales. Yes. So that's that's the thing with Peyton, uh, with uh, Dion. With Peyton, he's not... I don't get the sense he's trying to build a chip on anybody's shoulder. I don't get that he's trying to... You know, promote the Denver Broncos, the brand of the Denver Broncos. I think what he's trying to do is 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 to take all of the the silliness and and all of the jokes and the the mocking and the high knees and let's ride and just 
downplay it, settle it down, and let him be the focus and let his players just go about their business. I, I agree with you. It's um, while there's similar sort of some similarities, that is significantly different. Yeah. CU brought a throne yeah. out to sit for the players to sit behind the bench because Prime was like, I know they like that. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Shador was showing off his uh, bling and his Rolex at the 50-yard line to get the uh, the corn off the field, which had a moment. You've seen, uh, you know, Give Me My Theme Music with Peggy. Uh, God bless her soul, that's for sure. Um, and so you see a bond that's going on there. Wickersham's piece, I thought, was fascinating on many different levels. What was concerning to me, though, is so late into training camp that it was more preseason than training camp, was that Wednesday Rams practice where the Broncos just weren't up for it. Yeah. And Peyton was frustrated by it and shared that with Wickersham. Now, they did win 41 nothing. And what, Mike, you've got to give me is a completely meaningless game in preseason. Oh, of course, of course. Okay. So I think what we're all trying to see and see if it works is if Sean Payton was upset and confounded by his team lack of energy, effort, finishing against the Rams on Wednesday right before the last preseason game, Mike, well... What should we expect today, two weeks later? Here's where I I think the frustration is. This is a guy who all he knew in New Orleans was winning, right? Average 10 wins a year for 15 years. Let's face it. This Broncos organization, everybody there not named Sean Payton has gotten used to losing. Right, right. They've gotten used to it. I'm not saying they like it. So how do you learn to win? Well... How does Justin that's, Simmons that's a, know that, how to lead you, know you in winning? That's a great question that I honestly don't have an answer because if I did, I'd have professional teams all around sports <laughs> asking for my consulting. But what I do know is this is a team that doesn't know how to win. Right. This is a team that doesn't know how to practice always the right way. This isn't a team that knows how to compete the right way. This isn't a team that knows how to go out and assert themselves the right way. When you lose for seven years, that settles in. And so Peyton's come here. He's seen that. He knows he's trying to change that. But realistically, you're not gonna you're not gonna change it by the first joint practice with the LA Rams. You might not change it until week ten of this season. It is remarkable what Prime has done to reverse that culture. Now he was able to bring in 57 new players after the spring game. Never mind the incredible turnaround that he's had. How the Broncos approach things? Mike, they have spent mightily in free agency, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they have tried to do it under the NFL constraints. It's more difficult. It, it takes a little bit more. College now, listen, when they change that transfer portal rule and you could just switch schools like nobody's business, I mean, that, that was a gargantuan game changer. But you can't do that in the NFL. It's not that easy. So so it does take a different approach. We'll see. That being said, I couldn't agree with you more about Sean Payne's the right man for the right job at the right time. And it just has had some interesting sort of self-made slight bumps in the road. Nothing I'm freaking out about. But it is an interesting concept when you say anonymous donors yet you're the one that's getting the vast majority of the attention. Yeah, 
But one thing I think we've learned is he's got a healthy ego. Okay? Right. He's got a healthy, healthy ego. Parcells had a healthy ego. Again, I, I see the, the similarities there. And you know what? There are probably some guys in the building. There's some probably some people in the organization that's like, well, that's kind of hypocritical. Anonymous donors, and yet he's a, the one. To which I say, I don't care. Yeah. Who's I, the guy that's in charge? Well, again, none of this, Matt, it's all, it's all big question marks. And we just went through some of these big question marks with CU. And, boy, have they been answered uh, resoundingly like – who, who exactly do you think is beating CU at this point? You know, and, and they'll have their test with Oregon and USC yeah. coming up. But the questions remain now with the Broncos. Well, who exactly are they better than? We don't know yet because we don't know how this is all going to translate. How do you, quote, unquote, fix Russell Wilson? Cindy, help me out. I don't know if Chris is on there or not, but um, we do have weather issues that we have to deal with if you're coming to the game today. I don't think they're that severe or that serious, and we'll get we'll get an update from Chris Bianchi here in just a second. Remember, we're getting you set for this game, the Raiders and the Broncos. Thank you to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. Fixing Russ, fascinating question, Mike. And that's why today I'm 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 so excited. I'm so. There's, there's a real feeling of anticipation to watch because I know that whatever they've done so far offensively has been vanilla as vanilla goes. And that Sean Payton's had a full year away from football to put together an opening day script. So <laughs> I, 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 am, I am fascinated to see what a Sean Payton-led offense looks like and what that means to Russ. The, the one thing I'll give Russ is I, I do believe that Russ – Understands that his career is at an absolute crossroads. Uh, I don't think the guy is um, uh, tone deaf as as he comes across to understand that last year was a, a disaster. Last year was an embarrassment. Uh, his career is hanging in the balance. And he wanted Sean Payton. He's got Sean Payton. And I get the sense that he has put himself in Sean Payton's hands. Well, now we see what happens. We'll dig it. into Russ here in a second. Chris Bianchi from 9 News. Okay, Chris, what should we know as fans get uh, get in here for the game? Yeah, I think hopefully, uh, D-Mac, I heard you a second ago, hopefully it's manageable stuff. We're just talking about some rain. I think the second half will have more rain than anything else. What I'm hoping we avoid today, but unfortunately there's a chance we do have a lightning delay. There will be storms around. Um, again, mainly second half uh, could have, again, you get, remember, you get a lightning strike within eight, nine miles of, this, of the stadium. You have a, an Ed Sheeran-like situation where you have delays and stuff like that um wow. hopefully we avoid that but um there is a chance of force i'd say about a 30 percent chance that we're dealing with a lightning delay during the game today wow wow uh, again what what time of day ish chris could you see that being a possibility probably after four so we're talking okay. second half um what i'm hoping is these storms mostly stay south of us there's a pretty good chance that again better than 50 50 we avoid the storm but there is definitely, I'd say, about a one-in-three shot we're dealing with a lightning delay during the game today. Otherwise, if you're heading to the game or you're already there, you probably can see the clouds overhead. It's been kind of bristling a little bit. Um, there will be showers around. Otherwise, uh, hopefully those weather issues are pretty manageable, but there is a chance for a storm. And, and Chris, just, just walking in here, my goodness, the temperature, really, really comfortable. How below average are we right now with today's temperature? Yeah, it's a great point. Our average high for today is 82. 
we're not going to get above 70. So we're 15 degrees below average. It's a, it's a really comfortable day. So, again, to me, I don't, I don't know about you guys, if we avoid a storm, I would rather have this weather today than the usual 85, 90 degree temperatures that we're dealing with uh, for the season opener. When the uh, Ed Sheeran thing, as you kind of, you're kind of freaking me out just a pinch on that, how long-ish would something like that take to move through, Chris, if that does happen? These storms should be moving at a decent clip today. I, I don't think we're talking about – maybe Ed Sheeran's a bit of a harsh example because that's recent. That was, what, a three-and-a-half-hour delay. That was really bad. Um, hopefully what we'd be looking at would be, you know, a half-hour, 45-minute deal where – you get a you get a little lightning delay. You get in, you get out. Um, that's probably what we're looking at. Hopefully, nothing too prolonged. I will say this too: if you're, you got plans after the game, that's when it looks really kind of wet and unsettled, and just kind of cool and, and rainy. So definitely have anything after the game. Uh, bring that inside because it's gonna be pretty nasty after the game. Hey, Chris, as long as we don't have a scene at uh, Empower Field like we had at Red Rocks back in May, okay, with the hail and everything. Yeah, let's just avoid that, okay? Yeah, we're not dealing with that. That's not gonna happen. All right, <laughs> uh, thanks, Chris. We really appreciate it, Chris Bianchi, our Nine News meteorologist. Recently married. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 well, well, congratulations. Congratulations are in order. Thanks. Yes. Wait, I go, appreciate Chris. that, guys. Yeah, I just got married about six weeks ago. Is, is it still going? <laughs> it, it, it is still going. We're actually going on our honeymoon next week. Oh, we fantastic. All right, so the thrill fantastic. is not gone. No, yet. apparently not. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Congratulations. All right, there you go. I uh, kid, I kid, I we kid. We kid we love. <laughs> Troy Rank, our Denver 7 Broncos insider, will join us next. We'll figure out who's playing and who's not playing. Uh, where Russell Wilson fits in all of this with Troy Rang as we're live from Mile High Station. Thanks to Coors Light. It's the Fan Football Pregame Show on 104.3 The Fan. Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pregame presented by Phil Long, Ford of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and D-Mac. Because the whole theme of the week was his person. Um, one of the funniest moments in the darn game after Shador took his helmet off after he made the tremendous scramble. It was like a Heisman-type play. And I went over and said, you cannot do that. You cannot take your helmet off. He said, Dad, it's personal. And I just laughed. I just bent over and laughed my butt off because it was in the moment and I was really upset. And he broke, he, he broke the monotony up with his personal. I love that as we're live from Mile High Station, thanks to Coors Light, welcoming Troy Rank, our Denver 7 Broncos insider. Troy Rank presented by Rocks Heating and Air. That's R-O-X, Rocks Heating and Air. It's personal. I mean, that's the chip that CU put on their shoulder against Nebraska. Troy, is that chip the same for the Broncos and the Raiders today? It should be, but I don't think it is because just not enough guys totally understand or appreciate this rivalry yet i do know this they know that they've lost them six straight times and if you're going to do anything this season you have to be better in the afc west they're six and 18 in our last 24 afc west games that's a joke you have to be better in the afc west and you have to win afc west games at home if you're going to make any ground so i don't i don't sense the personal there's some guys there you know mike purcell for one i mean the guys have been around he grew up in colorado so he he would say you know he has that venom and vitriol for the raiders most don't because the roster's changed over by about 45%, so it's a little new to them. But it's personal in the way that they know how personal it is for Sean Payton. 
start his career off right here. Yeah, but you know what, Troy? The the whole CU roster's brand new. They're they're brand new to the Nebraska rivalry, but they leaned into it uh, and they used it as a a chip on their shoulder, a source of motivation. Is that just a a college a, versus it's just pro more of a thing? It's more of a collegiate thing. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with kids who are 17, 18 to 21 years old. It's way easier to get them to buy into that stuff, the social media aspect of it, where Peyton has leaned in the other way of do our business, put our head down. He doesn't follow this, but the rest of the team, being anonymous donors, put the work in and just do your job, like more of a patriot way of doing it than Dion. I mean, there's two different ways to do this. Dion's way is unbelievable. It's like the ministry of coaching, and he's just, his players are his congregation. I don't know if you could do that in the NFL because it's just a different it's a different climate. It works perfectly for Dion. Uh, we'll see if what Peyton's doing works perfectly. This business approach, discipline, details, everything matters in terms of the way we execute. We'll see. We're going to find out here because this is a big game for them. For me, I don't say must win, but if you can't beat the Raiders at home, it's hard to say that seriously that things are changing. Troy, who's going and who's not going, or what's what's your vibe from watching things so far? But one thing that was interesting is Jerry Judy went through a workout about 20 minutes ago with Sean Payton down there on the field and GM George Payton, and then they talked with Jerry afterward. I still don't think he plays, but he looked way better in the drills. They had some cone drills set up where he ran patterns and cut. He looked way more explosive in that than I had seen him look all week at practice. So he hasn't been ruled out. I think it would be a surprise still because they activated – Philip Dorsett and a little Jordan Humphrey, so they're covered kind of at receiver. But just keep an eye on that. You know, is Judy going to be active? We'll know 90 minutes before the game. Based on what I saw from him in pregame, it makes me think he for sure will be ready to go next week. Troy, if he can't go, you you got to assume the passing game. A lot of it's going to go through Cortland Sutton. But but who would you say would be the next most heavily involved, targeted, big part of the game plan? receiver or tight end yeah i mean i think as a receiver it's going to be mims and it might be a weird thing though in terms of production where he has he could have one of those days where he has three catches for 80 yards type thing because one of them's 45 yards dulcich is the x factor can they get him involved in a way or troutman in a way where we haven't seen tight ends used around here since you know feels like julius thomas it's been so long since they've had a consistently productive tight end but I would, for receivers in terms of a total yards, I would say Mims. Uh, targets, I would go lean to the tight end combo of Dulcich Troutman as being like an X factor. And, you know, Brandon Johnson's there too. And they, they talked up Cortland Sutton almost too much, frankly, for my case, because I got to see it from Sutton. He hasn't had a thousand yards since 19. But Mims has different speed in a way that I just see that there's going to be one play. And when you get it, you got to hit it. And he could have one of those 50-yard type plays. Has Russell Wilson been fixed? Well, we're not going to know that till a little later. But I will say this about Russell. He wanted Sean Payton's hard coaching. He lost 15 pounds in the offseason. And when I've talked to Russell both publicly and privately, he's embraced the idea it's a run-based physical offense. It's going to start up front and then go off of that. That's who he was in Seattle. Now, can he still play at a high level? we got to see it. He definitely, after the first week of camp when he was awful, he gained traction. He looked better. And so they definitely have a plan for how they want to use him. So is he fixed? No. But is he in a much better position to succeed than a year ago in this offense? Yes, absolutely. Troy, does he get it? Does he understand Mm. how bad last year was? Does he understand that he was a a, a laughing stock? And does he understand that... His career is at a crossroads this year. 
Yeah, I mean, he was humbled, no doubt. Now, the thing about Russell you have to understand is he is Ned Flanders in terms of positivity. He doesn't think negative thoughts. He's literally had mental skill coaches throughout his career basically deprogram him so negative thoughts don't enter his mind. So as last year, as he cratered to one of the worst seasons we've ever seen from a former star player, it didn't affect him like we would normally see someone be affected. You're throwing stuff, outbursts on the sidelines. You never saw any of that from Russell. Off-season, though, I was told clearly he took stock. He was humbled by it, and he knows his career legacy is at stake here. If he has another year like that, the Hall of Fame all of a sudden gets tricky for him. If he goes out this year, if those 25 touchdowns, 10 picks, they go 9-8 and eight or 10-7, and seven, I think it's a no-brainer that he's a Hall of Famer because he's, now he's winning outside of Seattle. So he understands all that, Mike. He just doesn't show it outwardly in any way normal for, like, the rest of us where you'd see a temper or yelling. It's just not Russell. That's not Russell. It's never who he's – he hasn't been that guy for probably a decade, but he definitely knows what's at stake here because he wanted Sean Payton here. So the onus is on him to fit, and that's why I think this has a chance to work. Give us your pick. Give us your score. Yeah, I have him winning 23-20. Coming down to your guy, D-Mac, Will Lutz. Clutch, Will Lutz. Clutch Lutz. <laughs> if they, if this would be so Broncos if it comes down to Lutz and he misses the field goal. Oh. Given how the last seven oh years have gone. Don't, 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 don't put it out That's there. Unbelievable. Don't put that out there. I'm the thinking positive thoughts oh that Lutz God. is the opposite, that he wins the game. <laughs> well, we really don't even know Will Lutz. We never really saw. I mean, we've seen him for the past week in practice, but, I mean, it's it's a strange one. All right. Great job, as always. Hey, hey I'll say for... this quickly, D-Mac. He did come over here during the field. I talked to him. He kicked at the stadium during the week. So you like that, that extra preparation with his long snapper, uh, Fraboni and Dixon, to get him some kicks. Like, I think it was Tuesday or one of those days, he got over here at the stadium and got some kicks. And he told me this week he loves kicking here. He's going to be ready. Okay. All right. Well, and, and Sean Payton we trust. And let's – he's not a putz. Thank you, Troy. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, – it's a, a, a quirky situation. Well, that is way down on our checklist of, like, you got to be kidding me moments. But it's there. We're getting you set for today's game. Thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. There's other matchups that really stand out. We'll see if Russ is fixed. It's not that Pat Sertan has had a lot of bad games in his career. But the last one against the Raiders was certainly something to forget about. Josh McDaniels went right after him. What about that matchup? We'll get to that as we're live from Mile High Station. Thanks to Coors Light on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Live from Mile High Station, it's the Fan Football Pre-Game, presented by Bill Long, Board of Denver, Coca-Cola, and Lincoln Tech. Here's Mike Evans and Dina. Most of the games, um, the early games are into the third quarter. Some are at halftime. Let's go through some of those scores real quick. We'll get to the... Patrick Sertan, Devontae Adams. Also, we'll hear about the inactives here relatively quickly, um, out any second. Ravens over the Texans, 7-6 into the third quarter. 10-0 the Browns over the Bengals with Joe Burrow getting that huge contract. But Deshaun Watson um, getting the best of him so far. Vikings and Bucks are tied at 10. Titans over the Saints, 9-6. Panthers leading the Falcons 10-7. Jags over the Colts 14-7. Niners 20, Steelers 7. That was 20-0, so Steelers making a bit of a game of it. And the Cardinals leading the Commanders 13-10. Well, that's going to hurt you if you want a death spiral into last place there, Cardinals, winning the game. 
That's the uh, Mark Schlereth game. He's got that game. Okay. Well, we'll go and back. And do we have a any secret words or any? Uh, no, 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 no. That's only for Bronco games. I understand. Praises that pay. <laughs> Sorry. So Mark's on that one. Well, okay. Well, it's a good game. So he'll be able to give us the full commander scouting report this week. We're live from Mile High Station. Thanks to Coors Light. Okay. Devontae Adams, Patrick Sertan. In both of the games last year, Josh McDaniels had no problem going after Sertan, and it was a 35-yard overtime, overtime touchdown pass right here in Denver the last time the Raiders were here. That went to Devontae Adams. That sealed the 22-16 fate of the Broncos. What do you like about this matchup, and what do you think of it? Well, first of all, I, I, I'm going to downplay a little bit about the idea that he, he went right at Patrick Sertan. It's Devontae Adams. I mean, that's his meal ticket. That's his best guy. Of course he's going to go to him. So whoever's guarding him, it doesn't matter. It could be, you know, Patrick Sertan in the first half, Deion Sanders in his prime second half. He's still got to go to Devontae Adams. So uh, there's there's that part of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I I love the idea of a watching this kind of matchup. It, it is a reminder that, um, you know, that's why I think the pass rush is going to be huge for the Broncos, not only today but all season, because on paper – you know, they got a pretty formidable pass rush when you got the likes of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark and Jonathan Cooper. Uh, there, there's no reason why they should be able to get pressure on the quarterback, especially a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Mark's done a ton of Jimmy G games over the years, and, and he said the one thing you can always count on Jimmy Garoppolo is that at least two to three times every game he will give you an interception opportunity. He will throw the ball to you. So... You know, that's the key because as gr- as good as Patrick Sertan is, if you're not getting any pass rush and you're allowing quarterbacks to stand back there, you know, Devontae Adams types, they're they're gonna they're gonna get loose. I, I think the big key is, you know, if if you're telling me right now yeah. that Devontae Adams has a game stat line where at the end of the game it's um seven catches for seventy seven yards and no touchdowns, sign me up. What's an unacceptable number then for you? The, the unacceptable is six catches, 135 yards, touchdown. Those, that's where it gets unacceptable. Not to spoil our, you know, incredible pick and what the drama that leads up to it. Of course. But I think that this is the matchup of the day. I think that the game may come down to what can you do, not against Josh Jacobs, Really, because he's been the, the real thorn in their side the last Has several been, games. but 120 rushing yards is 120 rushing yards. It's it's, it's not – it depends on how you get those 120 rushing yards. Right. If you're 120 you rushing yards, it's a 37-yard touchdown run, a 50-plus touchdown run, and, you know, another banger like that, okay. But if they're just going to give it to Josh Jacobs, Mike, to move the ball between the 20s, and we're averaging 3.4 per – it all adds up to 120 yards. Well, you and I are on the same. You and I have been the one thing that you and I have always agreed on. <laughs> this whole nonsense about hey, you got to establish the run. You got to be able to run between the. Th- I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is the NFL. It's a it's a uh, pass to score, pass to win league. Yeah, it just is. It, you know, you see is. in some of these NFL games how close they all are at halftime for the most part. Pat Shermer wasn't necessarily wrong about certain things with the NFL. The first half in a lot of these games, Mike, is a feeling-out process to see where we're going to go next. Very few NFL games are big blowouts right off the bat. They're almost always close. 
I expect this game to be close. That's why I think it's going to come down to can Josh McDaniels dial up Devontae Adams, not Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and I hope and I think actually Patrick Sertan will respond. But for all of the, you know, hand-wringing about Russell Wilson and everything else, Mike, I mean, you've got to be able to stop their best player, which I think is Devontae Adams. Well, the other thing, too, is remember, this is why it was so crucial and why it was such a dumb idea a year ago, the way that Nathaniel Hackett handled the preseason, why it was so important that the starters play the amount that they played, is more and more now, and I think it's being shown today with the slow starts to games, these teams, they they, don't know. they, they, they approach the first right. week of the season. Maybe, maybe first two. Maybe even the first two, right. but definitely the first. Yes. It's simply an extension of preseason because not only are you uh, – you know, working in new personnel, your guy, your guys aren't conditioned yet, game conditioned to go right. out and play right. at this level. And I think from an X's and O's standpoint, it kind of takes a while to figure out what the other team is, is going to be doing because nobody's showing anything during the preseason. Right. So right. Um, that that's why I think it was um, so important for the Broncos to approach the preseason the way they did. Well, what is your concern level about Justin Simmons, who suffered a groin? First of all, Justin Simmons, the way he started camp, was unreal. Yeah. I mean, uh, sleepless nights for Russell Wilson because of Justin Simmons. Then he had a little groinal. Yep. And we haven't a little groin going on. And we haven't seen him since. Until today, I guess. Yeah, he he's he's one of the few guys on this team that I have no problem giving the established veteran preseason we'll see you come week one treatment to. And I think once he had a little groin, it became obvious, okay, we're not going to see him again. I mean, we're not going to do anything. He showed in the first week or so of camp, guy still playing at a high level. He's ready to go. Once we got the little scare that was the, 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 the groin the groin pull, let's shut him down. We can trust him to be ready to go. On, on a team full of guys that we don't know what we have and we certainly can't trust, he'd be one of the few that I'd say, hey, he, he's got to be ready to go week one. You trust Mike McGlinchey? No. <laughs> what? Why don't you trust the the big free agent acquisition at right tackle? I because uh, because when I did see him out there, <laughs> he was McFlinchy. By the way, it was that Zach and Stoke that came up with that. Brilliant, yeah. Whoever came up with it, McFlinchy, and then he got hurt. And so he, actually, can I tell you where that came from, McFlinchy? I mean, not that they, you know, bright minds think right. the same. I found out that was a nickname he had in San Francisco as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, not that, you know, you know, common thinking, right. you know, parallel pass, that sort of thing. But he did have that in San Francisco as well. Well, yeah, so do I trust him? Hey, he's the right tackle of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I don't trust anybody who's suited up at right tackle for the Denver the Broncos. Drummer for, unless he's Orlando Franklin back in the day. The drummer for Spinal Tap has more job security than the right tackle for the Denver Holy Broncos. Holy smokes. Well, we'll see. But, I mean, hey. He's certainly being paid to be the answer. Uh, we saw Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito, and, and we saw McGlinchey struggle with, you know, fellas. We'll see. That's funny to hear you just so blatantly say, no, you do not no. trust him. Nope. In terms, though, of the Raiders, who are these guys? I mean, that's a fair question. If you haven't been following um, their issues, holy cow, they've got plenty of weird things going on we'll catch up with one of our favorite people our guy mike pritchard will join us he's from vegas we forgive him for that but cu blood runs deep 
And I should say, just coming out at denversports.com, your CU Buffaloes are now ranked 18 in the AP poll, 21 in a coach's poll, but the more prestigious AP poll has your CU Buffaloes as a top 20 team in the country, Mike. Hey, just uh, believe it? deal with CSU. They're a 21-point favorite already. Uh, sorry, Rammies, but, you know, you're just cannon fodder now for the buff. <laughs> and uh, and now it's uh, now it's all about Oregon. Look at Oregon and another head coach who flapped his gums about Dion yeah. during, the, uh, during the summer. So receipts, those receipts are going to come out. Also, not a great day for Midnight Mel Tucker. Oh, boy. I'll let you do your own research on that one. Yeah. And that is a... That is a sordid tale right there. But um, things just keep going better and better for those in Colorado. Hopefully today will be another one of those moments. We are live from Mile High Station getting you ready for today's game thanks to GQ Barbecue, Colorado's only championship barbecue. Let's catch up with our guy, Mike Pritchard, and find out more about the Raiders coming up next.